My Car Guru, Season 11, Episode 101, or 101. Hello, folks, and welcome to another edition of My Car Guru, a true confessions edition. It's time. You know, occasionally I have things that happen during the week. As a owner of a business, which many of you can relate to, as the owner of a car dealership, which most of you cannot relate to, it's just a business. You know, I think car dealer, new car dealers are, you know, pretty noticeable in a community because of all the marketing and advertising that we do and because it's a big-time purchase, probably the second biggest purchase that most people make in their life. Wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, their house is probably the most expensive thing, and then a car or a truck or an SUV or something like that. Now, many other people spend more money on other things, but still pretty big deal. You know, when new uh, pickup trucks cost 80000 it's gotten pretty serious. I paid thirty nine nine for my first house, and uh, at that time, new trucks, you could buy one for low 20s. So, yeah, they've gone up a little bit. But occasionally, I have things to talk about where I show you with, I can back it up, that I screw up occasionally, or that my business does. And then the important lesson is what we do about it, and what you do about it when it happens to you, when you're on the wrong side of a car dealer messing up. I actually ran off a customer, uh, let's see, last Thursday. It was not intentional. Um, it was This was one of those things where you make somebody mad. They probably had a chip on their shoulder to begin with. If something like this is going to make them decide to never do business with you again, then uh, they were probably upset about something else, maybe something that happened at home that morning, or they just have a natural disgust for car dealers, which many people do because of bad experiences that they've had. But this case was, uh, I, I, I think I brought this up Friday or Thursday of last week, but anyway, I'm sitting in my office and I have this big picture window in my office right across from the computer that I'm on right now. I used to be able to see the 11E or Highway 11E out there with traffic going back and forth. Can't see that anymore because right in front of me are the garage doors that exit the service drive for my Nissan showroom. So I have a Nissan showroom that's all there. That's, you know, right in front of me. And then I have two large garage doors that are actually the exit for the Nissan service drive. I hope I've made myself clear now. Okay, so I'm sitting here. And I look out, and here's this truck pulling in the wrong way. And I know it's, and as he pulls forward really slowly, I see, well, it's not one of my employees. That's odd. And so as soon as he gets to the door, his mirror on the right-hand side hits my building, okay, and folds in. Well, that's not that big of a deal for me because the mirror folded in. But still, I get up from my seat. I rush out there because as I get out there, I see he's pulling a trailer, It's a U-Haul trailer. It's very wide. I immediately know this is not going to work. So he keeps pulling forward. I say, stop, stop. You know, I'm, I'm, he, he can't hear me. Finally, he looks over, but he keeps moving. All of a sudden, his trailer, the, the wheel well on his trailer hits my building. It's scratching paint. It, you know, I see 
stucco flying off. I say, stop, I yell louder. And finally he looks over and hits his brakes. He rolls down his window. I said, sir, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm trying to just drive through here. I said, this is not a drive-through. You, you hit my building. I didn't hit your building. Well, yes, you did hit my building. Um, and I'm trying to stay calm, folks. I really am. But he could. He, I'm sure he could sense the urgency. He said, I didn't hit your building. I said, sir, you did hit my building. Let me help you back out. Just, just stop. I'm going to get in the front. So I got around to the front of the vehicle, and I said, okay, let's try to back out. Just just." You know, and so he followed me, and I said, okay, you need to turn this way, turn the steering wheel that way. And finally, he gets out of the building. So here comes my service advisor. I said, he just hit the building. He's, what's, what's he doing going through this way? Well, he was coming to pick up a, uh, a part. I said, why is he coming this way? Oh, I don't know. So he goes out there and handles it, supposedly. So I just come back in and shake my head. Well, that guy was not happy with the way I handled that. He said I was rude. He said he didn't hit my building and that he was not going to do business with us. And he had basically that trailer was what he had hauled his car here on so that we could work on it. So he decided, he said, where's my car? I want to load it up. And my service advisor says, sir, you hit the building, but don't worry about it. Let's just We'll be happy to work on your vehicle. Well, I have to think about it. Let me go think about it. So he drove off, drove away, according to the my service advisor. Came back, ended up leaving his vehicle, but came back. He had also ordered some parts, and he went to my parts department. He said, I need to cancel the order on my parts. Well, sir, these were special ordered parts that you ordered. Well, I know, but I don't want them anymore because your boss was mean to me. Well, sir, these are non-returnable parts. We told you that. From the beginning, you left a deposit, and we won't be able to refund your deposit. Oh, he went off. He went off on them, ranting and raving. Do I really need customers like that? I mean, I know. I've been doing this for 45 years now. And some people are just unreasonable and clueless. But I know you have to be nice to everybody, and I, I certainly am 99.9% .9 of the time. But I was, I was pretty put out. You know, if I hit somebody's building, or let's just say I was at their house and I was backing a trailer in and actually backed into their garage and ripped off the siding on their house, number one, I would apologize. Number two, I'd say, find out how much it costs and I'll pay to fix it, and I am so sorry. Wouldn't you? But, you know, for some reason or other, a lot of people, who, if they do that to a business, especially a car dealer, then they don't have to do anything. I mean, I've seen this manifest itself many times over the years. So that's my true confession for the day. I ran off a customer because he hit my building. Let's take my first break. Okay, I am back. You know, sometimes you do create an expectation uh, as to what you're going to deliver to your customer based on your advertising, uh, the type of business that you're running. You know, people have expectations, right? I mean, you go to Chipotle, for example. You expect the food to be, you know, fresh and warm or, at least, or hot. You expect that this people to be nice right? And, uh, you know, you expect to have someplace, and where, when you get your food and you go to sit down, that the table's going to be clean, right? I mean, everybody has expectations. 
Sometimes, though, those expectations are negative because you think, well, you know, it's a car dealer. I expect to be hassled. I expect to not be treated nicely. And then when it happens the opposite way, you are pleasantly surprised. You know, when you're dealing with a service department at a a car dealership, you take your car in to get it worked on. You tell the service advisor the problem that you're having with your vehicle. And he tells you that, well, we may or may not have the parts. Let me check. They go check. They do have the parts. They install it. You are gone in half the time that you thought you would be. What does that do for you as far as your attitude towards that business or that dealership? It reinforces a positive. It kind of helps overcome that negativity that you had built in. You know, maybe car dealers aren't so bad after all. Well, back to the true confessions part of this broadcast. I had a situation where I was blessed, not blessed out. I was blessed that a customer bothered to call and complain. Not only a customer, but a friend, you know, not like your friend that you go on vacation with, but, you know, people that you know and that you communicate with actually runs a business that we do a lot of business with. He said, Lenny, I just wanted to call and tell you something, something you need to know. Now, when somebody starts off a conversation like that, uh, I'm a little bit concerned, you know, because what I feel like is coming is probably not good. And in his case, it was not. He said, I had my vehicle in your dealership to have it serviced. And I found out, well, I'd had this noise in the front end. And uh, I assumed that it was a wheel bearing, but I wasn't sure. Well, come to find out, it was a wheel bearing. And my service advisor said, well, we don't have the parts for that right now, so why don't you just go ahead and drive it, and I'll call you. We'll go ahead and order it, and I'll call you when they come in. He said, great, good service, right? So far, so good. No phone call. One week, two weeks, no phone call. He calls back and speaks to that service advisor and said, oh, I'm so sorry, I forgot to call you back. Yes, we have that part in. Of course, he probably should have asked this question before. But he said, well, how much is that part? And she said, well, based on what you need, it's going to be $1,500. He said, what? For a wheel bearing? And she said, yeah, you don't just replace the wheel bearing. You have to replace the whole hub assembly. He said, well, okay, well, let's just hold off on that. He had in his mind, he knew he needed tires, so he was going to go to his regular tire store. And while he was at his tire store, they said, By the way, how much would it cost to replace the wheel bearing on this vehicle? And they said, well, let's make sure you need it. They test drove it, and they said, yeah, yeah, it sounds like a wheel bearing. It's going to be about $400. $400? The Ford dealership said it was going to be $1,500. He said, well, you want us to do it? So he did it. That's why he called me. He wanted me to know about that. I said, man, that doesn't sound right. Let me check into it. And I, I really appreciate the phone call. He said, Lenny, I don't mean to complain. I don't want you to think I'd get mad at me. I said, listen, you don't have to apologize. I am the one that needs to apologize and thank you at the same time for complaining. I mean, how am I going to fix something if I don't know anything about it? So I greatly appreciate it. So I went straight to my service department and I said, print me a uh, the actual repair order for this particular uh, customer. I had the VIN number for his vehicle. They printed it out, and we looked at it, and I looked at it with my, my shop foreman. And I said, 
This doesn't say anything about $1,500. It says $750. Do you have to replace the whole hub assembly on this vehicle? When you want to replace the wheel bearing, you said, yeah, Lenny, on this particular vehicle, you do, and you have to on F-150s, too. You cannot just replace the wheel bearing. I said, well, how did he get a wheel bearing uh, installed for $300 at this other place? Well, come to find out it was, or $400. It was $300 for the wheel bearing and $100 labor. How did he get that done? said, well, he probably used aftermarket parts because Ford's parts are more expensive than that. I said, okay, but where did he get the $1,500? Well, it was $750 per side. Oh, okay. So now I know the rest of the story. And so did we mess up? Yes, we messed up because we did not do a good job communicating as to what really needed to be done. Why would you quote $1,500? Because a lot of people, when they replace a wheel bearing on one side, they replace it on the other side too. I don't recommend that. If the other one's quiet, there's no reason to replace the other side. Just replace the side that's making the noise. Uh, Would I want to put an aftermarket made-in-China wheel bearing or hub assembly on my late-model Ford vehicle? No, I wouldn't. Now, some people say, well, I don't care. You know, it's probably made in the same place anyway. Well, in this particular case, it may have been. I don't know. It could have been a, a U.S. manufactured. Matter of fact, it could have been manufactured in the exact same plant. The advantage of putting the Ford part on is that it would have a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on the part. So, you know, that would be a call. Is it more expensive to get certain things replaced on a vehicle in a new car dealership than it is at a independent shop? In many cases, it is more expensive. Sometimes the labor rates are more expensive and the parts. But now if a customer asks for uh, aftermarket parts, then you know we can put on aftermarket parts as well. We don't like to. It's not because we make more money on the Ford parts, because we don't. The margins are the same. Even though it's, well, I mean, it would be less money because it's a lower price part, so the margin wouldn't be, or the, the actual markup wouldn't be as great. Same percentage, just less dollars. You clear? So, you know, what I encourage my service advisors to do, and they don't always do it, is to always offer the customer the alternative. Say, it will cost this much if you go with the factory original parts. But if you want to go aftermarket, you can pay this price. And sometimes people will choose the aftermarket, but 90% of the time they said, nah, let's go ahead and go with the Ford. But this wasn't a question of being off you know, just a couple hundred dollars. This was a question of our estimate versus what he had it done for, of being off $1,100. That's significant. And that's the kind of thing that will run off a customer for life. Plus, they will, the only place or people that they'll complain to are their Facebook friends or somebody, you know, their neighbors and say, can you believe what the difference was here? You know, you don't need that kind of stuff. That all could have been handled by my service advisor. This is a true confession. And so what you have to do as a customer, when you see that much difference, and you've got a relationship with this dealership, and you've been taking your car there all the time, and and you just get one of these crazy differences like this, call the dealership. Call the service manager or the salesman that you bought. Well, sometimes it's better just to go to the top management in the sales department because they know everybody. 
and that they can get to the dealer, the general manager, whatever. I mean, that's the advantage of doing a business with a, a business my size is because I'm here most of the time. And you got my cell phone number, 423-552-2020. But that's not always available. You know, if you live in Kingsport or Knoxville or, you know, I don't know, Singapore. You know, I've got uh, 200 listeners in Singapore to my podcast. Now, what's up with that? I, I told my wife that this morning. She said, what in the world would they get out of your East Tennessee accented English in Singapore? I said, I don't know. But I get these statistics from my podcast uh, provider, I guess you would call it, called Buzzsprout. And they shoot that podcast all over the world. It goes to Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and all that. But, you know, people can access it and they search by, you know, automobile shows or shows about automobile service and car dealers and all that stuff. I'm sure they have car dealers and and customers and service departments and all that stuff in Singapore. But anyway, the purpose of True Confessions is to give you both sides of the story and also to give you an idea about what to do about it and how to handle situations. I'm perfectly capable of totally screwing up a situation. You know, it depends on on where your emotional level is and and what you're thinking about. I know a lot of people come in here and if, if they get a really bad result due to a, you know, an engine failure or something like that, it's hard to stay calm. I get it. I mean, I understand that if you are on a very tight budget and you can barely make your car payments anyway, and then all of a sudden somebody tells you you got to spend $3,000 to fix a problem on your car, where are you going to get it? What are you going to do in the meantime while you're trying to get it? I mean, it's really tough. you got to go you know, borrow money from a relative or go to a loan company and pay 27% interest to be able to get it fixed. Service advisors, uh, automobile salespeople, we have to be sensitive to the circumstances that people are dealing with. Now, we can't know everything. It does help if a customer will level with you and tell you what their true situation is. Sometimes they don't want to lay all their cards on the table because they don't trust the person that they're sitting in front of. But the more we know, the more we can help you make a good decision. Um, so it, it's just something to to work on and to develop a relationship with a car dealer in your community that you can trust and like, and that when you walk in the door, they call you by your first or last name, however you want to be addressed, but they know your name. And the same thing with the service department. It's such a good feeling to be able to do that. But when they throw you a curveball, cut them enough slack to verify and, and, and make sure that what they're telling you is correct. Because the $1,500 wheel bearing was not correct, and I could have lost a customer for life if he hadn't bothered to call me back. I'll take my last break, and I'll be back here in just a minute. It's all right, folks, to expect perfection in a lot of things. You know, when somebody's working on your car, even if they're changing your oil, and you know, you go down the road, and all of a sudden, uh, something falls off of your car, <laughs> you know, like your muffler falls off or, you know, the lug nuts on your wheel are loose and they didn't rotate your tires, but should they have caught that for you? Yes, they should have. If they did a multi-point inspection on your vehicle, they should have seen that. And if you're taking your vehicle to get it serviced and they're not doing some kind of a multi-point inspection or 
They are doing a multi-point inspection, but they're not really doing it. They're just filling out the form and checking the boxes. Then you need to go somewhere else because they don't have your best interest at heart. You know, a car can go off the road and crash and be absolutely uncontrollable if a wheel falls off of it. And I've seen it happen. You probably have too going down the interstate and seen that happen. Now, a, a car dealership or even a tire store cannot see through your tire to see whether, you know, it's got a broken belt and that, you know, it's going to blow off the next time you hit 70 miles an hour. They, they can't see that in advance. That's not always their fault. But if they forget to tight or if they forget to tighten the oil filter, if they forget to tighten the lug nuts, you know, if they leave your brake calipers loose or they do something like that or a radiator hose loose and it destroys your engine, you know, these are things that, that should not happen if somebody's really being diligent. But it can happen. And, you know, most businesses, car dealers, uh, repair shops, have insurance to cover them in case they, they screw up. And so you have the right to do that. Will your insurance cover that? Probably not. I mean, if you have an accident, wreck your car, they'll cover that. But, you know, who was the cause of that accident? Was the was it the service center where you had your vehicle serviced? Then your insurance shouldn't have to step up and pay for that. Theirs should. But what happens is most insurance companies, if you, if you have an accident and your insurance company, you turn it into them and they prove without any doubt to them that it's somebody else's fault, they're going to go after them for you. It's called subrogation, and they will subrogate against the other people, the actually the people who caused the thing. So these are things that I guess you probably know. If you don't know, you've just learned on My Car Guru. If you have any questions, feel free to call me, 423-552-2020, or send me a text, and I will respond. Or you can send me an email to Lenny Lawson 2020 at gmail.com. And I'll see you next time on the next to my car guru.